Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you're not a malicious soul, consider helping out by hitting the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by RBClark47, invited to explain a situation to another team, but almost kicked out because I didn't use the accepted PowerPoint template? My 1400 person company was acquired by a mega company, and after a year, the honeymoon ended and some managers were replaced by Dallas draconian downsizers. Sometime after the first big layoff, I was asked about the use of certain shared areas I'd set up on my servers for manufacturing data transfer. Several manufacturing mid-level managers asked if I could attend a meeting and explain it all to the managers, including the head guy from Dallas, hereby referred to as Twitch. I was the design side IT manager. When I got to the meeting five minutes in advance, all the chairs were taken except for one far behind the one reserved for Twitch. He entered five minutes late and said, Well, get on with it, I don't have all day. All the presentations were queued. Mine's in there somewhere, I don't know the order, and the meeting starts. It's pretty cut and dry, manufacturing numbers, problems and solutions encountered for the week, etc. Most of this is punctuated by Twitch berating his people, who are obviously trying to avoid any confrontation. My presentation pops up, and before anyone has the chance to say anything, Twitch goes red and starts yelling, I made it clear that all presentations would use the same template. Who's the idiot who couldn't be bothered to follow instructions? He can leave now. My name, title, and group designation, not manufacturing, are on the screen. I wait till he winds down for another breath, stand up behind him and state, I'm XYZ, and was asked to share the info on how to use the features of ABC that I've set up as a courtesy for your group. If there's a problem, I'll just leave now. I don't want to waste any of your valuable time or any more of mine. The presentation is fairly explanatory, but if you need more info, I'd be happy to let you attend one of my staff meetings. It took a minute or two for Twitch to respond, during which no one said anything. Then he said, please inform me when we have a guest presenter in advance. Please continue XYZ. None of the managers ever said anything to me after the meeting, which I left as soon as my Q&As were done. I think they set me up just to get Twitch to blow and have someone outside their group see it. Do you think considering OP was tucked away, hidden, and the picture-perfect blow-up that this manager had, that OP was used as a way to totally embarrass this guy? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Gun Death Thunder. You want my birth certificate to fix my social security information? Okay, buddy. A few years back, I had to get a new social security card here in the US. I'm a UK citizen who was born in Japan, comes to play a little later, and was naturalized as a US citizen when I was 17. Discovered when getting the card that, for some reason, they had entered my birthday incorrectly in their system and said I was a day older than I actually was. I tried to fix it over the phone, but they said I would need to come into one of their offices to fix it. Fine, I go ahead and do that. 
bringing my driver's license and both of my passports. I wait in line, finally to get to a booth and lay out my case. I show them each of my IDs that have my correct birthdays. Then I get told flat out that it doesn't matter, what's in the system is what's in the system. Only my original birth certificate would be accepted. Let that sink in for a moment. I blinked for a bit and then asked if they looked at my passports to see where I was born. They looked blankly back at me. I smiled and nodded. Oh, sure thing, I said with a Cheshire cat grin growing across my face. I'll be back right here tomorrow to your booth with it. I'm assuming you're well versed in katakana, hiragana, and kanji, correct? What? They said, a little trepidation entering their voice. I say, as my passports show, I was born in Japan. My birth certificate is in Japanese. They say, oh. They look down sheepishly at their desk for a moment. What was your real birthday again? I told them and with a few keystrokes, suddenly there was no problem fixing my birthday anymore. Left with a new appreciation of having a birth certificate written in a foreign language. It goes to show that a lot of times these policies that people like to enforce on you all of a sudden don't have to be enforced upon you when you make it too much work for them to really want to care. They're like, okay, okay, you know what, never mind, just give me the birthday. Great, glad we could solve that all up. Our next story is by Stewart's Obscenity. Won't give me the new customer discount? Okay. A few years ago, my wife and I purchased our first home in upstate New York. We weren't moving far, just two towns over, about a 20 minute drive. Around the same time, our local internet provider was running a promotion for new customers, offering five times the internet speed for roughly half of what we were currently paying. A couple of weeks before our move, I called the internet company to let them know that we were moving and to transfer our service. I asked if it would be possible to receive the new customer discount with the move and was told in no uncertain terms that this was not possible. I insisted that I wanted the new customer rate and even threatened to cancel, but they called my bluff, knowing that they were a monopoly and I had no other legitimate option. Thinking quickly, I asked if it would be possible to get the new customer rate by simply removing my name from the account and adding my wife's name instead. The rep balked at the suggestion and even quoted from a paragraph from my customer agreement outlining how such a transfer from one family member to another is not allowed. Then it occurred to me. I asked the rep if he knows my wife's name or the address to which we were moving. After a brief pause, he answered, Um, no. I then happily let him know that I would like to cancel my service, effective at the end of the month. He was adamant that any attempt to circumvent their transfer policy was a violation of my contract, but eventually agreed to the cancellation. Two weeks later, after our move and a half an hour phone call, my wife signed up for our new, cheap, fast internet. They jacked up our rates a couple of years later, but it felt good to just get one over on the big bully. While I think it's definitely that guy's job to try and enforce any kind of policies and whatnot, Considering, like OP saying, this company is a monopoly, they don't actually care that you went and got around that transfer policy. They're already probably making bank off of you just at the low new customer rate. And as most people know, with companies like this, you start off on that new customer rate, and then every month there's a $3 increase here, $5 increase there. Within a year or two, you're paying like $100 more a month. I've been told though that these guys, when they have to enforce these policies or try to keep customer retention, 
These guys are like bent over backwards being instilled with, you gotta do anything you can to keep these customers. Like, I think it negatively affects their job if a cancellation goes through. It's a little messed up, isn't it? Our next story is also by RB Clark 47 New manager consolidates meetings to waste our time and consistently loses docs for sign-off. So, I use the meeting time to get him to sign docs. Fred was my new suited-up boss from IBM hired to oversee three groups. I headed one, the IT group. In addition to IT, I had to handle all the hardware, software, and maintenance paperwork for all three groups. Fred started by having one one-hour weekly meeting with each group, but after a month consolidated them into a single three-hour-plus meeting. He insisted each person give a weekly summary, going around the table. 30-plus people, half the worker bees went zombie after their turn. Fred became the black hole for signing off my paperwork, claiming I'd never given something to him. It would surface much later from a pile on his desk, usually a day or two before the contract was due or the quote was going to expire. This put me at odds with the other group managers from time to time. So, I started sitting near the end of the meetings and brought all the paperwork I needed to work on. At my turn, I'd spend my first five minutes briefly explaining each document as I'd pass it to him, and the other managers would mark it in their meeting notes if it applied to them. Best use of my time. He couldn't weasel out and blame me, and the other managers would ask him the next meeting if he'd signed off on XYZ. Got to the point where he'd just sign it and pass it back to me. Fred complained to me that I was being disrespectful to him, and it reflected in my pay non-raise that year. It was worth it. I ended up saving so much time. I earned the respect of all the other employees under him, and he only lasted a year before moving on anyway. You gotta love a boss in their job that just hates doing anything in their job. It's no surprise that they didn't last very long there because if you're miserable doing the responsibilities of the role, either shoot for the moon and ask for a raise to a point where you would be happy doing it, or you need to look for a different opportunity. This next story is by Cho. Take all the phone equipment out? You sure? Back in the dark ages before Netflix, telephones at businesses used to be fixed lines with wires connecting the phone jack to a switching room. This was the mid-1990s. I worked for the concession company at one of those huge event venues that hosted concerts, hockey games, and trade shows. I was third in command, of sorts, in charge of being sure all of the concession stands were properly stocked and ready to go as each event began. I would fix stuff, set up the beer stands, and just generally be sure everything was ready to go. Overall, it was a sweet gig with backstage access to every concert as our office was next to the performer's dressing room. But all good things must come to an end, and the corporate office decided to not submit a bid to renew our 10-year contract. There was a fixed end date, and to plan the transition, there were a couple of meetings with the new company that would be taking over. Okay. One major point of discussion is what would be left behind that was owned by the venue, and what our company would be taking. Most things that were owned by our company that would be a pain to take were offered to the new company at a low price. A real steal beer coolers, central CO2 tank, grills, popcorn machines, etc. And the new company agreed to buy it all until we got to one item. The phone system. The building was huge with massive concrete walls and floors, so cell phones didn't work so great. So our company had installed landline telephones, all connected through the building's central telephone switching room. 
as our company paid for the phone system and it wouldn't be worth it to take the phones with us, we offered it to the new company for $500. They said no. Hmm. A bit later, at lunch, I heard one of the representatives for the new company laughing about the offer of the phone system. He muttered something to the effect that they could just hook up their phones to the wires and be ready to go for much cheaper. At the end of the meeting, we reviewed what was agreed, and in going over the phone equipment, the other company's representative said, no, just take it all out. Okay. Now, my boss L was pretty cool and a bit impish. Her boss D, the head guy at our site, was a very straight-laced conservative guy. He didn't seem to have that slightly devilish streak in him, but when I came to the office the next day, D and L told me to do exactly what the other company asked for the phone system. Take it all out. I spent that day going to each concession stand, taking the phone off the wall, unscrewing the plate for the phone jack and removing that, and then pulling the phone lines as far as I could and reaching down into the wall to cut the wires. Each stand was left with a hole in the wall and the phone lines that were cut about an inch below the edge of the hole. A fond farewell. The end of the contract was coming, and the very last day of our contract, I had the sad duty to deal with the leftover alcohol. Corporate didn't have any other locations in our state with a liquor license, so we couldn't transfer stock to other locations across state lines. D gave the order to pour the remaining liquor down the sink, and then he promptly left for lunch. With a wink from L, we poured a few partial bottles of vermouth and other mixers down the drain to give the office that smell of booze, and then we loaded the trunk of L's car with as many mixed cases as would fit and put the rest in our company van. L knew I didn't have a car, but she then suggested that I drive the van to get it washed. And what do you know, when I got back, the van was sparkling clean and empty of any boxes of booze. The aftermath, that winter, I attended a hockey game at the arena and I noticed the hole still open in the wall of the concession stand. I guess they didn't just hook up their equipment to the wires after all. The real downfall here is this company coming in all high and mighty expecting all of this hardware and equipment that this original company paid out of pocket to have installed would be left intact. They're not buying the arena or the convention center, they're just licensing running all the events. So that was a very big assumption that they were putting out there. That's like an owner packing up and leaving a house and selling it, and the next owner is expecting them to just leave the rugs there for them. Well, no, the rugs we left on the hardwood floors aren't part of the negotiated price, we're gonna take those with us. Next thing you know, they're gonna be upset that they took the pictures of their kids with them too. The only thing missing from the story is that satisfaction you would get from having some kind of reveal where you could tell that somebody was so upset that they couldn't just plug their own equipment in. I just wish I could see that bosses, whoever made that decision's face, when they realized all the lines are gone. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 